Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another show here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to say that my mood just changed just all of a sudden. I don't know. I can't say what it was. Well, I do know what it was. I was trying to play with the Facebook, and I was looking at some things that my cousin had posted, and I saw that she had pictures of my great-grandmother on there and songs, and it, it just took me into a whole nother mood, which pretty much gives me confirmation in regards to today's topic. So, again, thank you, cousin. Tried to call you, couldn't reach you. So Alexis, Miranda, hope you hear me and call in so we can talk about that. And I do got some other pictures I need to share with you guys too. Now today is Tuesday, I mean Monday basically, and it is the last week of Black History Month. Now I don't know what it is, but I've just been really feeling some kind of way, and I really need to work on that. However. I want to, with today's show, I would like for many individuals that are out there, whether your mother is alive, whether your mother has transitioned, because Black History Month, we only get a certain number of days in February. So this show is not all about being racist or biased or anything like that, because I want to make sure that we are honoring those who have been forgotten some of the works that they've done. And we start talking about Black History Month. You know, we think of the Rosa Parks. We think of the Harriet Tubman's. We, you know, the Maya Angelou. We, all of these individuals. But what about your own mama? You know, and I thought about that this week. Especially for those of you that know me know that uh, my mother passed away in the month of February. And she died at the age of 59 of breast cancer. Now, the month of February, as we know, like I said, is considered Black History Month. And as we remember not only our history, I want to say that it's also important to consider who made a meaningful political contribution, oftentimes fighting for our rights, our liberty, and our freedom. We must remember those that have paved the way to make the world a better place and their contribution, but we also got to remember, and let's not forget, like I said, our own black mother. Now, I'm kind of repeating what I said because I'm going over what I had posted, and like I said, February 17th was rough for me, the 13-year anniversary of the passing of my mother, Regine Brooks' trunk. She succumbed to cancer after a six-year battle, but many did not know that my mother was ill. Because she was a woman of strength, she was a woman of beauty, she was a woman of courage and wisdom. And I also have people in my family tell me she was also a gangster. So I just I got it from my mama. Now, with that being said, as we celebrate Black History Month, you know, like I said, we talk about black mothers. We can recall the black TV mothers. Felicia Rashad, like I said, was my favorite. Get Good Times, the Jeffersons, and all of these shows where we kind of saw the role of a black mother. And sometimes our old mothers, I don't know mothers get pissed off because I was so busy wanting her to be like Felicia Rashad. She was my Felicia Rashad in a lot of different ways. So 
if we, if you grew up in Compton, give me a call. Because like I said, I can be talking about or probably talk about some of my childhood friends' mothers because I was one of those kids that I got on people's mama's nerves because I wasn't going nowhere. Even when I got grown, I would still go visit Stephanie Brown's mother, Melvin Capers' mother, uh, Carl Johnson's mother on 132nd. I would still go visit Miss Williams. I would still go visit Anthony Gray's mother. So Miss Betty, you know, so there were so many women, even Pat. I loved going to Bill's Market and going in there talking to Pat, looking at her long fingernails and getting wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from her. There were so many mothers, even in our community, that never really got to go outside of Compton or in regards to their names. Somebody posted, and I'm going to read it on Facebook. They were saying how their mother-in-law was, uh, I think, 199 and had been a resident of Compton for years, and yet people forget about her. We forget about what our parents did. You know, I used to say growing up, you can't pay me now to eat no perky beans and weenies. I hate perky beans and weenies. But my mother made it so that we never missed a meal. She made it so that never was homeless, never still got the same childhood home. You know, so that don't mean come stalk me now. But the, what I'm saying is, a lot of times our mothers made way. Sometimes out of no way, we didn't know what they went through. We didn't know the struggles many of them have endured. And now, many of us that are in our fifties and perhaps sixties. Many of our parents have transitioned and moved on to glory, yet let their story be told. You know, even when I left Compton and I would go back and visit a lot of my childhood friends, and I forgot to say Miss Emanuel. I love me some Miss Emanuel. Going to the face and, you know, every time I would go over there, I always wanted to play cards because she wanted to, she would love the company of just playing spades, you know. So I just learned so much, and I admired these women, and they pretty much shaped me to be the, become the mother and the woman that I am today, even as I started parenting my children. Then I became an adult, and in my adult life, I, you know, many of you have heard me talk about Sarah Porters. You know, she was instrumental in my life, always giving me a book, which got on my nerves, but I never really understood what it was about, you know, and then she would connect me to people and telling me, I want you to meet Ayana Van Zahn, and I want you to take me to different um, music things. I'll never forget when she took me, God, I can't remember the man's name, <laughs> but it was Shantae, one of the Shantae Moore thing, and, you know, so she was in the music industry, but she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And she would even always tell me about my son, but you're going to be okay. Jeanette, you ain't got to worry about Reggie. He's going to make you proud. So I want her to know I'm still waiting on that, even though he do make me proud. But we're nervous, you know. But she was there, you know. Then I had just come into my life like Miss Parks. And sometimes when I'm around Miss Parks, I think I'm with Rosa Parks. You know, I have Lillian Steele. So, Miss Sandra Perkins, you know, I had Mother Hammond. 
these are women that I can just name, and I can keep going on and on and on and on, but I just want you guys to remember we had women of strength, women of power. You know, as I'm saying this, Mother Buchanan's spirit is popping, name is popping in my spirit. So, So there are just so many individuals. Karen, where you at, Karen? Give me a call because you're a strong black mother because you did a lot too. You know, so, you know, the song that we used to sing at Friendly Church of God of Christ, and it was Give Me My Flowers, and then we had to do it every first Sunday. I never really understood the words to that song until I started complaining, and I'll never forget the late, I think it was Mother Mason. She said, Well, Janessa, you go complain about it, you can sing the song. And I had to sing, and I had to learn the song. Thank you, Vicki. But what I want to say is, give me my flowers while I yet live so that, you know, I can see that they bring. Speak kind words to me. See, a lot of times, many of us did not realize until they was rolling our mother down the aisle that many of us took our mothers for granted. We underestimated the role that they played in our life, even if they was a stay-at-home or if they went to work every day. My mother worked and raised three kids. And I was telling somebody the other day about how I remember being a young mother and I didn't know what was going on in my home and I hid in my closet to see what was happening between my husband and my children just to make sure he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. But I remember times that my mother would pretend like she was going to work and would park around the corner just to see what we and we would want to go to parties. We would want to do things like a lot of the other kids. And I'll never forget, my mother would walk into a party with a robe on, a blue robe. So if any of you are and you guys remember the front of the parties or the corner pocket parties, my mother would come with a robe on, tennis shoes on, with her hands in the pocket, in her pocket, knowing she had a gun. And they would say, Jeanette, your mother's here. Your mother's here. we run out the back door trying to get away. You know, but I appreciate that because she would allow us, she would give us a little bit of rough, but she wasn't going to let us hang out like that because she would walk to a party in a heartbeat to go find girls. So, you know, she, I mean, I can just go on and on and on telling stories about my mom, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to share and give not, give attributes, accolades to what it was like to have a strong black mother. So if you want to call in, give me a call, 16-387-1914. So I know there's a lot of you out there in Facebook land, so don't be having me on the show by myself. So I'm going to go through some things that individuals have uh, posted and or perhaps may have seen, because I know sometimes people be shy and they kind of scared and don't want to don't want to talk or don't want to share somebody named Bo video, Bo, you can call in too, you know. So like I said, give me a call. Luther King, where are you? Don't make me start calling out names. Christine Carter, where are you? Because your mama can cook. It's her green. Tyrell, where you at, you know. So Vincent Earl, where you at? lot of people out there, like I said, whose mother paved the way. Now, I talked about my mother. I didn't even say nothing about my grandmother. 
Because Ms. Rosalie Sistrunk Hightower, she was new to play with. You know, every time I would think, I would think about my grandmother, whenever there was a fight going on, whenever something was wrong, Mama pull up, especially when she had that black Cadillac. I used to call it the Batmobile. She's so driving down the street, and that car would be like, uh-oh, here's her mama. You know, because that's what we called her, mama. You know, and then she had a sister, a Sylvester. But when you get them two together, oh, God. And I would just love to just listen to their stories. I would just just love to just, because I was one of them little nosy kids, you know, that was always in grown folks' business. But I'm glad and I, that I did that because, like it taught me a lot, a whole lot. So I'm going through some of the things, and I'm trying to find some of the stuff that was posted. I don't want to be, my daughter be getting on me about looking down while I'm on trying to read something, but I'm trying to find something because it was some interesting posts that I saw on here. And Shirley Mose, Brenda Pador. You know we got some stories about Miss Polidor too. So, like I said, give me a call. I want to hear what you have to say about your mother, your mother-in-law, or a person that you know was a strong black mother. It could be even a auntie that raised you, a nanny that raised you, a cousin. Even if you know your sister, strong black mother, I want to hear from you. Now, I know Jacqueline Fisher-Neal, I'm going to read, she said, yes, my mother-in-law has been a resident of Compton for 71 years. She is 99 years old. Thank you, Jesus. No Alzheimer's, no dementia, and she will be 100 on July 16th this year. The city officials don't even know she exists, and she voted for them and and set for 71 years, and she lived on 130th and Grandy. Now, that was my stepping stones over there because I just got over there 130th, Grandy, 132nd. So I know those streets very well. So, like I said, if you want to share something about your mother, mother in law, strong black woman in your family, give me a call because I want to hear what you have to say. Because I started to show off and I was talking about how a lot of times individuals misinterpret what it means to be a strong black woman. A lot of times individuals have no knowledge of what that means. And I can say that even me being a mother myself and raising two adult children. And when you raise a boy, it's a little different than raising a girl. My daughter really wasn't that big of an issue, but that boy, oh, my God. And it was because he was so busy trying to be and trying to find his way and, you know, and who his father was. And I was like, I wanted my son away from that type of stuff. But yet, that was what he thrived, you know. And then I even see it in his children. Now, when we start talking about the, being a strong, I mean, a misinterpretation, I want to first say, and I'm getting this from moms.com, and one of the things it talks about even in this article, and we know, a mother is a blueprint of our life. A lot of things that we learned, and like I said, we said we got it from my mama, a lot of things we've learned, a lot of things we know, a lot of things that have happened, whether it was traumatic, no matter what the relationship is, 
that's going to be your blueprint because that's where a lot of stuff started is in the home. And we knew a lot of stuff went on in the black homes, but a lot of times stuff got swept under the rug, but there were still some good things that came out of that. Now, I'm reading something that talks about the misconception of a strong black woman because we know that being a black woman, being a black girl, go hand in hand. Now, one of the things this individual said was, I never thought deeply about my mother's fear because that was one of the things. I just think my mother was scared of nothing because I've seen my mother fight with the police. I've seen my mother fight with the neighbors. I've seen my mother get in trouble at work, get in trouble with her. And I was like, this woman just basically just have no fear. And it kind of reminded me of my grandson wanted to go walking in Compton. And I told my grandson, I said, we got to lock the door. He said, Brandy, we don't need to lock the door. My, my mommy, she can, she can beat up the game banger. She, she can beat him up. And I started laughing because to my grandson, his mother is superwoman. She came, she beat up everybody according to him. But I was like, uh, we, we really got to lock this door, you know, which I know anybody going to run up in that house. I know that for a fact. But when we start talking about these fears, now, even though a mother may have fears, you'll never know it. Because one of the things about a black woman is she's going to get on her knees, she's going to pray, she's going to do what she got to do, but she ain't going to let you know she's scared of nothing. I remember my ex-mother-in-law. That woman was, even on her dying bed, you did not want to play with Mrs. Eddie May. She was... I forget one time one of her grandkids said something to her, and she said something back, and she was like, um, she was going to do something to her. That, well, that girl, that young lady got close to Miss Eddie May. Miss Eddie May cut in the butt and had her flying across the room. So you don't want to mess with a mama like that. Now, one of the things that I'm looking at, and we're talking about these different experiences and, and, and things that we start talking about, going that happens is and it says here when we start talking about you know black young women black older women african-american females and the how they become women sooner or later one of the things is a lot of our mothers they grew up in a time in an era where things were different and by things being different, many of them migrated from Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, came to California. And when they got to California, it seemed like some of them just probably lost their mind because they were beautiful, they were young, they were talented. They had so much going on. And what happened was they created opportunities. They created organizations. They started working in the churches. They started doing things. You know, I, I tell individuals, my um, he told me I was a hustler, and I started laughing. And I, I told him I had no choice. You know, with the grandmother I had and the mother that I had, there was no excuses. I can't be talking about I'm broke. I can't do this. I had to go make it happen. You know, so they taught me how to gamble. They taught me how to do all kinds of things. I appreciate that because a lot of our young women now, we got to start mentoring some of them. We got to start role modeling to some of these individuals. Now, one of the things that I'm looking at, and it talks about even with um, strong black women, black girls, women, mothers should not be depressed 
what they feel and experience because of what's expected of them. Now, part of this misinterpretation or misconception is some individuals think people just got an attitude. People are just, that's not always true. A lot of times you don't know their story or you don't know their testimony. So what happens is the world expects so much from them, puts so much on them. I mean, I tell individuals, I can't complain to nobody but my daughter, Leticia, and she gets tired of me complaining. She won't even let me do it. She'll tell me, and I'll figure it out, figure it out, you know. And we start talking about what's expected of them without even realizing it. Sometimes we got to sit back and we can watch. And one of the things that I did was I started listening. I wanted people to tell me about their past. I would sit there and I would talk to some of my seniors about their past relationships. Like I said, I was just nosy. But it gave me a better understanding. It gave me a better concept. But I just didn't think that I had to suppress my feelings or I didn't have to to minimize who I was as a woman, as a mother, you know. So now a lot of times we weren't ready for that, just like our new vice president. We really wasn't ready for that. But they had no choice. <laughs> they had no choice. So some things we just got to deal with, you know. But then they always say, and this is not about being a feminist or anything like that, because we got we do got to stay in our lane and we got to know our roles. But by that same token, we don't have to operate in fear anymore. You know, they say behind every good, strong man is a good, strong woman. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Now, I'm looking for, and I'm looking at some information, and I want to share this with you because, like I said, this is basically honoring Black History Month, but instead of it just Black History Month and honoring just individuals that made accomplishments in this world, I wanted to talk about our own mamas because mothers gave birth to us or either laid the foundation for us. Now, I'm looking at an article, and this was from FamilySearch.org, and it talks about outstanding African-American women in history. Now, as we remember our history, it's important to consider those who had made meaning for political contributions, fighting for the rights of people, including those historically placed on the modern society. Now, when they did this search, and they um, brought up some individuals, some women, Ida B. Wells, and some of these names we probably never even heard of, but she dedicated her life work to protesting lynching, calling for the establishment of anti-lynching legislation, and exposed racial injustice. Born into slavery in Holly Springs, Mississippi, Wells eventually made her way to Memphis, Tennessee. There she became part of the owner of a newspaper, the Memphis Free Speech. Her proactive and truthful articles exposed oppressive nature of lynching African-American men and women and how the Very Well Act protected the power of the white supremacy. These articles eventually sparked enough outrage that a mob of white men burned her place of business to the ground, forcing Wells to flee Chicago for safety. And she began her family there. In Chicago, she continued to advocate for people of color and for all women, and she established several women's and helped to found the 
National Association of Advancement of Colored People, which is the NAACP. Now, I didn't even know that. But, you know, but looking at this Times, and she was born in 1862, in 1831, she lived a very long life. She was a mother. But some of the things, it goes back to what I was saying, is how a strong black mama going to make a way. Now, a record of Wells' time in Chicago can be found in the 29 collections highlighted in the Family Search Campaign Black Roots and 29 Ways in 29 Days. Now, when we started, she had four children, and that's a whole other issue. Back in the day, and she was a beautiful woman, back in the day, mothers was given birth. They had, like I said, my grandmother, Will Ella Brooks, had said my, my grandmother, Rosalie Sistrunk, had six. My great-grandmother, I forgot how many Lottie Hightower had, but she had a few kids, too. Now, we got to the point that we're not having all these children like they in the day. I was talking to a woman the other day. woman wasn't even 40 years old. in the family, though. We had six kids. I was like, Ooh. you know, I couldn't do it because I don't want to share. I don't want to share my food, my bacon. That's too much breakfast. I got to make it. So... But some individuals did that. But I admired women who had a lot of children and big families because every time my mother be looking for them, I'm always at somebody else's house having myself a good time and enjoying their family. But when we start talking about that, and like I said, I want to share another lady, Ella Jo Baker. She was born in 1903 and passed in 86, and she participated in the grassroots efforts of civil rights movement as she organized the nonviolent coordinating committee, which is called the SNCC. She also became a key contributor to the NAACP and Martin Luther King's Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And through the leadership and an advertisement of Baker, the SNCC organized waves of nonviolent students and to protest racial discrimination in restaurants and to advocate for voter suppression among people of color. Now, what I'm finding to be interesting is this stuff is still needed today. We're still dealing with systemism, the uh, injustice within the criminal justice system, um, disparity in health care, and even in mental health. Today at 4 o'clock Pacific, I am going to be on with a lyric, who's a rapper, and we're going to be talking about men's mental health, where there's a lot of women that are trying to help encourage men to seek help for their mental health, as well as black women and their mental health, and black women that are professionals. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the world today that was even going on back then, which I'm finding to be very interesting. Now, another individual, Fannie Lou Hammer, born 1917, passed 1977. And she was also born in Montgomery County, Mississippi. And she got her start as a civil rights activist through her participation also and was going back to the NAACP. And she found barriers for Americans. African-Americans, black men, and women received the rights to vote and the passage of the 15th and the 19th Amendment. However, literally set tests 
polls, taxes, and the violence from white supremacy groups such as the KKK often prevented African Americans from exercising these rights. Now, I'm looking at this, it reminded me of a movie that my daughter had me watch the other night. I was watching anyway. And um, the Judas of something, and it, it kind of pissed me off. And it made me mad because even back then when you look at women or you hear the stories of Angela Davis, you hear the woman, the hear about women that was involved in the Black Panther Party or, you know, and I used to always say, well, my own personality, I probably would have been a problem back then because I was a problem even in the 70s and the 80s. But one of the things is I had to learn how to do things differently. I had to learn how to fight differently. I had to learn how to choose my battles. And I am grateful for the fact that, like I said, because you come out in front of my house with some crosses and some burners and stuff, we're going to have some problems because I ain't the one, you know. But back then, things a little different, you know. And we're still fighting the same fights that we were then. You know, you still, I was watching something on TV the other day, and they were talking about African-American women and raising black sons and the struggles and the fears and the stuff that they're going through, you know. And that takes strength to be a mother. That takes strength to be a, a, a caregiver, you know, the CEO, the CFO, to try to get all of this stuff done and taken care of. Now, I'm looking at another one. Shirley Chisholm, 1924 to 2005. She was the first African-American woman to run for Congress and win, becoming a representative of the New York 12th Congressional District from 1969 to 1983. She was the daughter of an immigrant, and she was born in Brooklyn, New York. From the Columbia University, got a degree, her master's degree from Columbia University in elementary education. Though she primarily worked in the fields of education, she also participated in a lot of different things. So, you know, when I'm seeing these individuals, like I said, these are women that have left, uh, basically left their mark. But, you know, I can think of my grandmother, some of her friends, some of the organizations that they were involved in. You know, I remember being a kid going to some of these little meetings that they had. And my mother, my grandmother told me I, I to not um, join some of them organizations because she told me I was not going to abide by the rules. So she straight out told me, so I didn't do it. You know, but when we started talking about these things, she did. And my grandmother, like many other women and mother, they did their best to try to make a difference to try to make sure that things was going to be easier for us. But yet I'm seeing that many of us are still going through the same struggles. Many of us are still trying to find our way. Many of us are still out there, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul to try to make sure that their babies are getting fed or getting educated. You know, there's just so much going on to where sometimes we start talking about strong black women or strong black mothers. I applaud you. I I definitely applaud you. My hats to you, you know, because you don't get the credit that you deserve. Now, again, I would love for you to call in. I see some individuals are out there on Facebook Live looking. Give me a call. Share.
share your story. 516-387-1911. You don't even have to tell me your name, but at least we can engage in a conversation. Now, we're halfway show, and I know my phone is ringing where people are calling and wanting therapy, but right now I am not doing therapy. So, like I said, give me a call, 516-387-1911, because I want you to share about your strong mother. I wish I can call Ronald Coffee on the line because I don't know if he's at work right now, but I forgot to mention Miss Coffee. Miss Coffee and Miss Celestine, they were more education when it came to educating and making sure that I want to say us children, Company Unified School District received the proper education because they was no joke when it came to stuff like that. Now, I believe Miss is alive. Miss Coffee passed a couple of years ago, but she was a powerful, well educated, articulate mother. Had children, Ronald Coffee, Renee Coffee. I can't think of um, Ronald Coffee. I know Ronald Coffee has some older. I think Ronald was the baby. So I grew up with the baby, so I didn't really get to know a lot of the older siblings. But what I do know, because I know his, I remember his mother, she was no joke. She was definitely a strong black mother. And even Miss Sunstein, because Miss Sunstein had a bunch of boys that grew up Stockwell. She was nothing to play with. Short in stature, but you don't want to mess with them. <laughs> And like I said, there was a lot of them out there like that. A lot of them. So instead of me just talking about your mother, give me a call so you can tell your own story about some of the things that you witnessed, some of the things that you experienced, and what you learned from your mother. Because a lot of times, and even with my son growing up with me, I noticed that I don't know if my son was paying attention or not, <laughs> because but I gotta give him some credit. I gotta give him some credit. But you know, a lot of times when the young men I noticed was growing up with strong black mothers, they kind of went the opposite route because they kind of want the structure. or got tired of listening to the my my son used to say my mouth was an Uzi, and um, my son would see me and he would run. Because my son was scared of me. My son used to say, I'm not scared to die. I'm not scared of the police. The only thing I'm scared of is my mama. Because my son knew, don't, 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 don't take me. You do not want to go there with me. And, but again, like I said, part of that is, and what most sons don't realize is mothers do their best. We may not be perfect, but we do our best to try to make sure that you are safe, that you are protected, you are loved. Now, like I said, cannot give what you do not have, and sometimes we cannot teach what do not know, and there was no parenting classes, and there was no co-parenting classes, and we didn't have all of that growing up back then, so people use what they had, and now when we know better, we do better. Now, I want to share some information because I, that just hit something right there. When we start talking about black mothers, because of the many challenges, the, the racial disparity, the things that happen, there are organizations 
that support black moms and families. And I found this on the internet, and I do want to share this. And it's coming from verywellfamily.com, and it indicates you are not alone. You're wondering how to support social injustice or social justice for the black community as social distancing continues. There be limited in-person opportunities to give you your, their time, but there are few organizations out there to help because a lot of times parents don't know what to do. When I get calls, especially from single black mothers, and they're like, Jeanette, I can't take this. Jeanette, I need some help. Jeanette, I need somebody to talk. I try to make myself available because I can empathize and an understanding of what that's like. I mean, I probably can't give you all the solutions, but I could try to help you best find your way. Now, for instance, black women experience major disparity in health, like I indicated before, health care, education, and single parenthood compared to others, and black mothers are more likely to experience cardiovascular diseases and cancer and are two to three more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes and also experience and be victims of violence or not only just a victim, but also in some cases, I'm a perpetrator of domestic violence. Now, there's a call to action in our country to do better in supporting our Black mothers and families. Now, consider donating or getting involved with these 16 organizations to close the racial disparities. Now, one of the things I'm looking at, and I'm trying to find some of these organizations, they have an organization, and it says here, the Black Women's Health Imperative. And it says, and this Organization, the mission statement of the Black Women's Health Imperative is that all Black women and girls should enjoy optimum health and well-being in a socially just society. And they, this organization has been established since 1980, and it has offered numerous health and wellness programs such as diabetes, which I keep saying I need to change my diet because I don't want um, diabetes education, leadership training, HIV prevention for Black women and girls. So that's one. Another one is called Girl Trek, and that's R-E-K. And with Girl Trek, they exist to mobilize black women and girls towards better health through walking, especially in organizations, its member lobby for improved access to safe walking spaces for women of color, as well as protection of green spaces. Now, that's interesting because I know my mother used to make us walk all the time. I walked from one neighborhood to another neighborhood. I used to walk from my house in Compton all the way to McDonald's or Rose Transcentral. And don't let me want no pioneer chicken and got to walk all the way from Compton, from my house in Compton to El Segundo and Avalon. So, but you know, a lot of us don't do that anymore because it's not safe. So, you know, these organizations kind of create ways and try to, you know, make things better so that we can feel. Another one is the Black Career Women's Network. Now, the Black Women's Career Network provides much-needed career support to Black women, offering connection to mentors, hosting networking events, and providing professional coaching. When we're talking about strong Black women, 
there's a lot of us that are not only strong black women, mothers, we own our own businesses, like myself, we do a lot for the community. We're so busy trying to other people and other individuals in to bring in some normalcy to their life. Sometimes we don't take care of ourselves. And that's very, very important. So when you're talking about networking, back in the day, parents would get together on the weekends and they would play bridge, they would play cards, they would do they would dance, they would they would do things. We don't socialize like we used to. So, so even in your professional clicks, you've got to get you a support group. you got to start networking, you know, connecting with some professional coaches to help you balance your life, you know, because it's okay to be strong. It's okay to look strong. But when you start breaking, you need to know when to go get some help. And, I mean, networking, advocating, dealing, we got to do that. Now, I'm looking at something on here, and it talks about since black women or black mothers or working mothers have been disproportionately affected by even a COVID-19, now is a great time to support that organization that lifts them up. Another one is entitled the National Black Child Development Institute. Make a difference in the black child life from the ground up by getting involved with the National Black Child Development Institute. And these organizations work with children through age eight and their families to pave a way for a brighter future and wellness education, literacy programs, and college readiness are amongst the list of services. <laughs> Strong black mothers. God throw this out there. I never forget when it was time for me to get ready to go to college. My mother didn't have a clue. She didn't have a clue. When it was time for my daughter to go to college, my daughter tells a story how I dropped her off at school. I enjoyed the shopping part. I enjoyed getting her all the stuff she needed. I didn't know how to give her the emotional support. I didn't know. I had never lived in a dorm, so I didn't know what that was going to be like. My daughter said I dropped her off with a bunch of strangers, drove off and left, and kept going. Some of that is true, but part of that was her perception. So let's help individuals with trying to make sure that their children are being transitioned the right way in regards to pursuing a higher education. Don't do like my mother did and say, which one just scratch my butt and give you an answer, you know, because my mother didn't go to college, so I couldn't say, hey, mom, should I fill out this application? Should I fill out that application? I am so proud of my granddaughter, my small granddaughter, with all of the acceptance letters that she's received to go to college. That means that her mama, me, and Tisha did a great job. And whoever else had the men that have been in her life to pave a way to help this young lady get to where she's going. But, um, you know, some things that we don't know, got to know how to ask for some help. Now, I'm looking at another's. Um, organization that individuals can support, Black Girls Code. And with the Black Girls Code, it says there's no um, shortage of lucrative job opportunities in the field, science, technology, engineering, and math. They basically want to empower young women of color towards in these areas. You know what? Must have, he'll send me a text message, but he don't want to call in. I don't have nobody to talk to. So I'm going to make him talk to me now. 
Let me see if his butt answered the phone. He'll be mad at me, but oh well. Because I hope he ain't listening, because then he, I know he ain't going to answer the phone. Oh, yellow butt must be listening to the show. That's why you don't want to answer the phone. But that's okay. That's okay. You're going to do me like that. I want you to tell me about your strong black mother. So now his butt don't want to answer the phone. Okay. So, again, <laughs> this is like a long show. So, again, I want you to give me a call as we talk about strong black mother at 516-387. 1914. See, now, you know what? I, I do got my little bullying spirit. I'm going to ask, I'm going to call her and see if she answered the phone because she didn't call in because I want her to talk about her mama before I start talking about her mama. Okay, so y'all don't want to answer the phone, huh? Hello? I was going to say, you don't want to answer the phone because you need somebody to talk to on the radio? You should have reminded me. Y'all been running around for mothers. I'm at her house now. Okay, let me speak to mother. Huh? Let me speak to her. How you doing? You sure are in trouble, sir. <laughs> I know I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble with you. I'm in trouble with Miss Parks. I haven't seen Miss Parks in all but the whole year. I just yeah, been trying no. to stay away from COVID. A lot of stuff. I see you on the page, Joanne. Put on my on my. Page. Well, you <laughs> on the radio now because didn't nobody want to call in, so I just start calling people. But today's topic is strong black mothers. That's today's topic, because in honor of Black History Month, we always talk about the Harriet Tubmans. We always talk about the parts. We talk about the women that we've learned about in history, but Uh we don't talk about our own Black mothers Uh and how our mothers have made and paved the way, done some things. But I want to talk about you being a strong Black mother. So, how do you feel being a strong black mother? What is that like for you? It's wonderful. Once you live through it, when, when you're going through something like this, uh, being and heading up to being a strong black woman, you think it's hard. Mm-hmm. But when you get there, you know it's not hard. You look back over, and, oh my, that wasn't hard at all, and I enjoy coming through. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't enjoy it until you get almost to the end of it. Then that's when you start enjoying it, like old part. You enjoy it at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. I, I love being that way, and I'm still strong. What God give me, I still got it. Yes, you do. And I, I'm strong enough to handle anything to go cross my path. That is true. This day. That is true, even with your kids. And see, and a lot of times, 
we as children, we don't realize that. Like I said, you know, my mother has passed, and she's been uh-huh. gone for 13 years. And then other people came as a substitute mother to me to uh-huh. help me to continue to be the woman that I am today. And I yeah. appreciate you. I, I, I miss our talk. Thank you. I miss sitting up there laughing with you. <laughs> Yeah, getting in like, trouble at church with you. <laughs> when I pull you up on the stream, I said, I wonder what she laughing about. Then I get the button. Oh, I see. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's a wonder. These late kids don't know what they're missing. They need to stop what it is they're doing and start standing strong. Start when they stuff mm-hmm. on sand, not on seeking sand, on strong sand that'll stand up on them. They build their walls up on sand, mm-hmm. and then you know they're sinking. Girl, my mother used and to tell me that you got to build your house on a solid foundation. Yeah, and she used to, to always say, "I ain't no punk." You know, you'll never make it. That's you true. Put your house on solid foundation. Stop stepping in on the sinking sand and think it's strong. You're not strong enough to hold you through where you need to get through. Mm-hmm. And God just through these tests to see if we're strong enough. Strong enough to go through. I think my strongest test was when he placed me in Ebenezer mm-hmm. up on the Alberta Amos. Mm. Those was my strongest test. You know, after my kids got up some side. Mm-hmm. But it was really nice walking through. I looked back and it wasn't that hard at all. God put me through that because he knew I was strong enough to get through. Mm-hmm. He knew I was strong enough to get through anything. And mm-hmm. that's why he put us through cat- tasks like this to see if we're going to fall by the side road, but we are not going to fall. You know, you just have to be strong, stand firm, and, and know that he's there with us. Let's get through. Mm-hmm. And he's there with us, right by our side. He's never, never away from our side. He's there with us all the time. And if you recognize that, then you're in trouble. I know. Yeah, my mother. That God is there. Mother you to, can reach out and do anything. My mother used to tell me, she used to say, Jeanette, you know you want my Bible out. You know. <laughs> Cause yeah. you know, you know me. You met me with as an adult. So can you imagine when I was young? Oh my God! You, yeah. you know, my, I was about as bad as writer. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I challenged everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you, but, I think, mm-hmm. I think my two daughters are strongest is Maria and Tammy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they are the strongest one that's falling in my footsteps. They Tammy is strong enough to go through anything. I don't know if because she's been in the army or what. But she's strong, and, mm-hmm. and El Amos recognized that when she was about 14 or 15. He told them all, y'all need to leave her alone and back up. Mm-hmm. She's in God's hands already. When God get make, to make the transformation, ain't none of y'all going to be able to top her footsteps, yeah. walk in her footsteps. And it happened. I sit here and watched it happen. Mm-hmm. He was right. God had showed him that. And so he just, he done what God told him, back up. Mm-hmm. Know what you're doing. God is guiding her. And you know what? And that is so true yeah. because I remember people used to mother thought I was naive. Jeanette's naive. Oh, Jeanette, yeah. all she wanted just for my mother didn't have. Her. She needs to put on this. She needs mm-hmm. to cover up. She needs to do this and that. No, leave her alone. God knows what He's doing. Mm-hmm. And she know what she's doing. That is true. And when she got to that point, God said it's time. Then He pulled off the old and put the new. Mm-hmm. So that's how God does us. A lot of us don't recognize that. When God take it off, then you're there to stay in it. You're on solid ground. That's true. That is so true. And you know what? And not only when we talk about a strong black mother, individuals have praying mothers, mothers praying for us. 
you know, they you probably know didn't have it. We all are praying mothers. If you have many kids as I are, are there for you, but pray. You mm-hmm. got to pray. God will keep them in line while they're out there. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is they're doing. My gals never did get into nothing that was too much for them or too much for me. Never did bring uh, bad gossip up on the family walk the way they should have been walking because they were brought up under God. And they were brought up in the church. They know nothing but church. And I said, well, if they stray a little bit now, they're grown and they're on their own. Mm-hmm. And if they stray, and if they stray too far, I call them back in now. Even pastor, mm-hmm. I, I snatch him up, still too. He'll tell you, <laughs> if you step out on the line, I grab him in the belt and sit him down in a minute. You know how you was brought up? You wasn't this way. Get back in step. <laughs> Sometimes, even. If Sometimes we have to do that. You have I know. Sometimes, but they mind them, and you have to remind them. Hey, you now you better back up and get back on the right street. Uh uh. You know, my mother used to say, "I will muster up enough." <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's enough strength. Shoot, I snatch you in a minute. All you have to do is ask him. Yeah, mama snatched me in my belt in a minute, sit me down. <laughs> My mother tell you the same thing. Y'all may think Granny old and we Granny ain't old. Just snatch me up in a bed and sit me down. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the part they missed. They missed that part right there, you know. Yes, and that's a that teach part. you. That's a teach you. Uh, yeah. uh, uh. <laughs> that is so true. Cause I know even with my kids, they think I'm crazy. My granddaughter told me the other day. Granny, I don't know if I could go with you, Granny. I'm scared of you. I said, you should be scared of me because I ain't the one. <laughs> That's right. You're not the one. You're not the one. You're not the one. I'm not going to cause any hurt, harm, or danger, but you better be scared. You know, I'm That's scared right. of you. So, right. and, and, and even with my son. God, keep us that way. Mm-hmm. Keep us strong. Mm-hmm. Even ourselves. Sometimes I get to the point, what's happening to me, God? Am I getting weak or something? No, you ain't getting weak. It's time for you to sit down a minute. I sit down a minute. It's back there. No. Well, you know what, Mother? The people thought I wasn't going to be able to slow down. I go, I come out my house one day a week. What? Uh-huh. All night, I see at home. I'll be at home in my room, my computer yeah. room, on the computer. So I'm not running up and down the highway no more. I'm not walking, working from sun up to I'm good. I'm at peace. I don't have to do all of that.
Uh-huh. I was in my computer room. I saw a spider. You should have saw me trying to grab something to smash that spider. I said, the devil is a liar. I ain't in this room getting bit by no spider. Because <laughs> you can mess around and get, a, get bit by a Roku spider and mess around and they can kill you. But, but, you know, but the thing is, we got to also learn to listen. Sit still and listen. A lot of times, we start talking about strong black mothers. People think when their mothers get old, oh, they don't know nothing. Oh, they don't know they talk about No. You better listen. Better take yeah, heed. That's your love, better listen. But see, my grandkids know better. Mm-hmm. No, you may think grandma weak because weak she's over. Uh-uh, she'll pick you up. I say, yeah, that's God's inner strength. God <laughs> give me what I need when I need it. <laughs> he never fails. Hell, God, use me what I need and when I need. When I need to get there, all I have to do is reach back and use it. Have to use it. That's true. And that is mm-hmm. so true. You know, and then when I got to the ring, but when we start talking about even, like you said, raising kids, and, you know, I know that a lot of mothers now are not having as many kids now as they did back then, and a lot of individuals have migrated coming from the South. You know, coming yeah. from Mississippi, Alabama, and mm-hmm. trying to make a better way for their children. And that mm-hmm. took strength, too. That took courage also. And some yeah, left with men to try to make something. So we start talking about the strength, the courage, the wisdom. And it didn't even have to do with your educational level. You know, it, it, was, it, it just took hard determination it took you a know, lot. Well, you know, God said all this is college stuff and that. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what God does. That's what matters. Them people that come back there from Alabama and around and about, they have wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. And the people with the education ain't got nothing. Nothing. No common sense whatsoever. <laughs> That's right. Nothing. Because they've been there and done that, and they know. And the, and the rotation is just going around. What they've been through. Now mm-hmm. we're going through. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. It's the same thing with clothes. We warm way back in the day, and that's coming back around. It rotates the same stuff back around. And and people think they got something new. It ain't new to us. We know. Mm-hmm. And it's coming from the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely thank you for joining me today, like I said, because... You're welcome. When we start talking about strong black mothers and a lot, and you know, and I commend your your kids, they still got you around. Um, I'm looking at my friends, parents are passing on, and you know, all these different things are happening, and we got to learn to appreciate our parents, honor yeah, our parents while they're still here. Again, it is. It doesn't matter if if it's a parent or not. It's senior. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they need to appreciate the seniors. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of seniors they let fall by the wayside because their kids are not gone before them and they're hanging out there. And that's what we step in to help them. You mm-hmm. know, that's what we need to do is just step in and help the seniors. When you're stepping in and helping the seniors, you're helping the mothers, you're that's helping true. the adults, you know, you're helping the elderly. That is true. And even you talk about the bees, they had something in San Francisco where they had people disrespecting and abusing the elderly, and elderly get abused financially, and you know yes, it's, it's just so much. They don't know what they're doing. They go pray, pay for that. They go yeah, pay course. for that. Mm, they don't know what they're doing. They better stop and ask somebody. 
a lot of times individuals are so caught up in wanting to point the finger and blame other people for other things that are happening. What if you? What if you are part of the problem? So we're going to be talking about that at Prejudice Predicaments Blog Radio. Again, that is on Tuesday when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch. And I said, today I am going to be on a show. She sent me a link, I guess. I don't know. Me and the Okay, I'm going to be on a show with Miss Lyric, and we'll be talking about, I'm going to be on a panel with some black men, and we're going to be talking about mental health and African-American culture. So I want to say, if you're on my Facebook, you can click the flyer, I believe you have to register, and then when you register, you'll be able to either join the panel on the panel. I know it's supposed to be later televised. I don't know how she's doing it because that's out of my lane. But again, I look forward to hearing from you at Precious Predicament Blog Talk Radio. So, no hear from me for. Talk to you tomorrow or next week. Remember, you got this. Bye-bye.